this episode of the Keeping It Local podcast brought to you by Pile Style Events. I'm Dennis Junk. With me as always is my cohort and partner in crime, Alicia Pyle. Hi there. And today we're talking to Ryan Lentine, and he is the Conferences and Media Services Specialist at Parkview Hospital. Sure. And you also play in some bands and you're a sound tech is mm-hmm. what it boils down to. So first tell us about your job and what all that entails and what kind of events you work for. I was originally hired in to sort of help out with the audio situation here in the Miro Center. So we have we have several rooms here, but we have large-scale events that happen in our Grand Hall. So we should say we are in the, the conference room of the Miro Center. We are in the so Miro Center, to... yes. Beautiful parking um, Miro Center. Yeah. In, in one of the conference rooms. Somebody had mentioned to our CEO that, like, yeah, you know, the audio could be better, this and that. They were kind of looking for – they had a bunch of AV guys, and they all are very knowledgeable and everything, but – they were television people, mm-hmm. and so they didn't really have too much experience with live sound, which is kind of a different animal for like editing sound for television or whatever versus manipulating it live and everything. And so they kind of wanted to find somebody more focused on that, and so hence I'm here. Congrats on that. <laughs> Thank I was you. really co- I'm really happy to see when you got that position too. Yeah, they needed it. This is a pretty <laughs> so, major yeah, yeah, venue, yes. so yeah, that's a definitely that's a, that's definitely a... we have events like almost every day um, in the grand hall, especially. The spring and autumn times are our busiest. Uh, lots of people want to do galas, fundraisers, and stuff during those times, and so mm-hmm. those tend to be like super condensed events back to back all the time. Do you have an assistant? I bet you need one. I don't, but I have oh. a team, a great team of, <laughs> of seven guys that I okay. work with, and well, and and that's just for the AV. Like the rest of the staff in the building, we have three great event coordinators, and then we have our director. We have an entire kitchen and catering staff, and we do everything pretty much in house here, except you know very few little things that we rent out or whatever so you know working here is is definitely really cool and it's like always evolving and things constantly changing and so there's never like necessary well there are dull days but but you don't get like bored and stuck in the same rut of like every day come yeah. and sit at my computer blah 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 and then go home rinse and repeat it's not like that which is very cool the other part of our job is we actually we service all of the conference rooms throughout the entire hospital system so oh, you know goodness. over at, at prmc which is the main hospital there's probably like 30 some conference rooms and you know some of them are really tiny like one-on-one rooms and some of them are great big rooms that can be divided and reconfigured in so many ways and so we have AV systems put in there by an installer in town our job is to maintain those and make sure everybody knows how to use them and everybody has a good AV experience who's the AV installer I'm just curious ASG audio systems group I think is what that stands for Um, they actually used to be like a division of Sweetwater at some point and they broke off sure yeah now they do their own thing so yeah Cool. Pretty impressive range of expertise then. So you're setting up sound for music, live music, and then you're also going into just you know, conference tech, technology yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You're in a band. I am. And you play an instrument? I play guitar and sing. I was in a band called Trichotomous Hippopotamus with Three Hippo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not together anymore. My drummer moved away to Seattle and we just oh, decided to kind of like let it go for an hour. Yeah. You <laughs> know. To meet, meet Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him though. He's, he's out in Seattle doing some really cool stuff. So best wishes to him. And, you know, maybe if he's back in town for any extended period of time, we'll have some kind of show or something Reunion. like that. Reunion. <laughs> yeah. We actually did play here once for some event, and oh, that's cool. It was kind of weird though, just because like I work here, and so then I was like, felt like you were at work. The whole yeah, time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, other than that though, I, I'm I'm staying somewhat active, not quite as active as I was with that group. But like recently, I've been doing something with a couple of guys in town, Tommy Saul. Mm-hmm. 
Colin Boyd and Jess Gaze, who's actually the bass player in Three Hippo. We have a little group called CB Radio that we've been writing music and just kind of oh, cool. like playing these one-off shows here and there. We were on the bill with Corey Wong, who's the guitar player for the Wolfpack. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We were on the bill with that at the Tui's Winery back in the summer. Oh, cool. yeah. We did another thing recently presented by Neat 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 Records with Basil and the Supernaturals out of Chicago, which was they're a great funk band. Uh, What's the style of that band? Like, what would you say? Yeah, the, of, the new of project. CB Radio? It's like, right now, it's sort of like this instrumental funky jazz thing. We're mostly just grooving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tommy Saul in it. There's going to be some jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. super groovy, and you know, like we're trying not to make it too much of like, a, all right, you take a solo now, you take a solo, now, you take a solo thing. Yeah. Where it's more like we're just kind of like having a good time and we're grooving, and like a little more structured, and it's not so much like free form, like mm-hmm. whatever. But it's been fun so far. The direction seems to be going that way, but I think the idea maybe is we're hopefully going to be either adding musicians as we go. I'm not sure if we want to, you know, I'm not really like the leader of the group, so I might be out speaking here, but I think we want to add people instead of keeping it tight, but we might have like different iterations that we can use for different gigs or something like that. But definitely original music is what we're focusing on versus covers, which is cool. I think that's fun. So what's your background? Did you go to school for music or did you go for more I did. Like I went technology? to Ball State for music media production. Okay. And they require that you play an instrument and study music theory and all that stuff. So I do have that as a background. Before my college days, I took some music theory classes in high school. My grandfather was a band director and so music's kind of just always been mm-hmm. in my life. I played piano as a kid. I kind of wish I would have continued doing that, but I, you know, yeah. as a child, I didn't really like to practice too much, and so <laughs> I, I kind of just gave that up. But like, as a child, you need a parent or a teacher or somebody to just yeah, crack the whip for you a know, while until you catch the My parents the bug. really tried to get me to stay with piano, but I was insistent upon quitting, which is a shame. I didn't mean my, you know, I didn't stop playing music. Obviously, I did yeah. band in fifth grade. I played the trumpet all the way through, uh, up until college. I actually got into Ball State on trumpet, and then I switched to guitar. Do you ever pull your trumpet out anymore? No, I should. Yeah. I've been thinking about Especially it. Especially with this new project, it's it sounds like. like exactly. Yeah. It would be perfect for that. I um, Horse around a little bit. That'd be fun. Definitely. That's it's, my special request here. Okay. All right. Now challenge. Challenge. Challenge accepted. I will. I'll have to pull that out. I think it's at my dad's place in Ohio, though. So I'll have to oh, you don't even have it with you. I'll have okay. to go get it. Yeah, we'll have to get some geolocation. He recently though. moved. We're from Ohio, and so he recently moved back there, and it was at his house, so I'm assuming it's with him. So that sounds like a really fun project. We'll have to keep an eye out on that. Oh, Let us know when you guys have shows coming up, too. Yeah. How do you, do you feel like that you being a musician and like currently active even, does that feed into your uh, work, you know, setting up sound for other musicians in a setting like the, in the Miro Center? Because, you know, this is a, I don't know if you guys have been there, but this is a huge yeah. hall. It's like a, a huge event center and mm-hmm. they have just, I don't know, you can tell us a little bit about the range of events that they can do. You have cutting edge and you're at the forefront too with your cuisine, with your facility obviously the sound and you know availability here and technology mm-hmm. as well i mean i've been here for a couple of the events the destiny rescue thing and you know, tommy saul was playing for that and it sounds great i mean the sound is spectacular so you know how does that how do your two jobs kind of feed off of each other they definitely correlate being a musician i know what musicians need on stage especially mm-hmm. you know i've played with on various gigs with and without sound guys and when there is a sound guy you know one of the hardest things is making sure the musicians are happy you know a lot, I sure. think you know I'm not trying to knock anybody but I think a lot of guys focus on making it sound good out front and they kind of forget mm-hmm. to make it sound good for the musicians themselves and so my goal first and foremost is I want to get a really healthy good monitor mix so that you know 
even if at the even if it's super light, like like a jazz gig, like for the Destiny Rescue thing, you know, they were pretty much just like a little jazz quartet. They could probably hear each other, you know, somewhat fine. But I want to make sure that I'm going above and beyond to make them as comfortable as possible because then I know they're going to play as as good as possible, mm-hmm. um, which makes my job a whole lot easier because yeah. you know then I can kind of just sit back and like let them do their thing and then minimal work. Whereas if the musicians can't hear themselves and now they're unsure of what they're doing because they maybe can't hear the guy next to them and what they're doing and so they play differently and then it causes me to have to not fix things you know in the mix per se but change it's yeah yeah like i have to constantly be monitoring and making sure that you know this person is heard or Mm -hmm. someone's not getting too far out but if you let a band hear themselves accurately they almost fix themselves and you don't have to do any work as a sound guy which is which is pretty cool yeah so i'd say the two things definitely correlate and that's something that i take pride in is making sure that the musicians are always happy and what kind of what's the range like what types of events and concerts or well what all goes on here so the room is really designed as a conference space and not so much as like a performance Mm -hmm. space we have lots of symposiums especially like from Parkview itself, just doing any kind of like educational symposium on this disease or that disease or, you know, how to manage your weight and how to manage your health and how to manage your mental health and all that stuff. It's, it's awesome. Um, but oh then gosh, we also do... must be so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? you're like listening to that all the time. Oh, wait, do you actually hear this stuff or are you just concentrating on the technology? Of course he hears <laughs> Well, you know, it, actually that's a good question because, you know, we, Sorry. we do focus a lot on like, well, we have events every day and so sometimes the, the information receive just turns to mush and yeah. you know we're just making sure that we're make, making the AV happen for them and they're eating your Cheetos I'm just want. kidding <laughs> I do like Cheetos I had some fun hot Cheetos I didn't mean to derail you sorry <laughs> that's okay but I mean it, it's definitely hard sometimes to focus on all the information but if something really jumps out like I'll tune in and be like oh wow that's really interesting so there's definitely a lot of potential to learn in this field being with all the different things that like I never would have thought about before yeah, I didn't cool. think about that either if you're yeah. hanging out with a bunch of doctors you can get a lot of free information definitely <laughs> dennis does a lot of work for dr cashman so we're always hearing health infused information yeah you know so <laughs> i just i was just curious i'm sorry but no, yeah go on about the events please <laughs> uh yeah so then you know aside from symposiums and conferences and stuff like that we have like schools and different private organizations doing charity functions and galas mm-hmm. and fundraisers since parkview is nonprofit, we try to work with as many nonprofit organizations as possible so they can come here have a nice event raise as much money as possible and a lot of them usually reach their goals and so that's really cool to see and knowing that we're kind of helping with that and making a difference i think it's, yeah that would be really pretty... rewarding if somebody calls and they're going to have an event and they have live music would you walk us through the process of how you set up the sound and what that entails and what it looks like yeah so once we find out that they do want to have live entertainment it usually gets sent to me and then either they have already reached out and initiated contact with me or I'll reach out to them and just kind of say like hey and if we've never met before I'll give an introduction and let them know like what we have here as far as audio reinforcement equipment and all that stuff and I'll assess their needs and make sure that we it's in our scope what they are asking for and if Mm -hmm. not then we'll determine whether or not I need to go get that stuff or if maybe it'd be better to hire another service to come in that has that equipment you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that doesn't happen too often usually we can handle pretty much everything here Yeah. but there have been a couple times where they've wanted to bring in a, a group that's just like huge or, <laughs> or you know they, they're demanding rock orchestra <laughs> yeah they're de- or they demand things that we like, actually our first gig was here 
Oh, that's right. Hey, Piki Ramon's first that. gig was the board of directors for really? Yeah, my rock orchestra. It was gosh, yeah. We got commissioned by down the line at the embassy. But our first like guinea pig gig was for you guys. It was for your wow. your board. It was the actually the first Christmas party here, the first board of directors thing. I don't think I was here yet. Yeah, I don't think you were. That's why I was so excited when you came. <laughs> did, you, did you play a lot of Trans Siberian? We orchestra? did. It was magical. I mean the, the it was Marilyn Asher who had brought mm-hmm. in like fifty real Christmas trees. Oh, wow. The lighting was amazing. I mean, I was blown away. I've never yeah. played a gig like that in my entire life. They actually listened, you know, it was a listening crowd. Yeah. It was neat. I don't remember who did the sound then, but they did bring an outside company in for that. Funny to us non musicians. A, a listening I, I crowd. believe it was AVI. Yeah. No, no, people don't listen a lot of times at these events. Yeah, you know, we're here for ambiance. Yeah. So it's, we understand that too. We're okay music. with it. <laughs> it's okay. It's, if that's your job, you know, we know it's our service to do yeah. that. And Definitely. they understand and adjust the levels accordingly. You're setting the mood and helping people like loosen the purse strings so mm-hmm. they can donate more. <laughs> Actually, though, it's funny you say that because some bands don't realize that. Um, well, we, yeah. have, we have some groups come in and, you know, like I have kind of this weird position where I'm asked to provide the sound reinforcement, but we need to keep it at a level that people can talk over. Sure. Okay, that's fine. And actually, I don't really like running things loud anyway. Yeah. You know, even if I go out to the bar, it's usually too loud, and I'm wearing my earplugs and yeah. sitting in the back of the room. Good. But, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I don't know why people like things so loud lately. But yeah, so, a, you know, a group might be like, so what kind of crowd is this? Like, are we going to this and that? And I'm like, well, and I usually have to explain to groups that I, especially that I've not worked with before here. I'm just like, you know, if you can keep the stage volume down as low as possible, that'd be great. And, you know, you can only do so much, with, especially with a live drummer, you know. Um, and you know, John the Bonham genre. back there going yeah. yeah. With most jazz groups, it's okay because jazz drummers have so much control. They can play quite as a, as a mouse, and it's amazing. Then you get, like, some of the rock groups in here, and they just want to beat the crap out of drums. And so Animal now I'm at the Muppets. mercy of that being the loudest thing, and I have to mix around it. And people will complain, hey, it's too loud, we can't talk. And then it's like, well, why did you? hire a rock band for your <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, you know I don't do say that I just you, that I do the best to keep the keep the happy and say like I'll do my best but this is kind of the situation and you know that's a challenge sometimes that's neat you know I, I have a lot of respect for sound engineers because really you know and I, I drum this into my students you know thank the sound person thank the sound guy thank the sound chick whoever is running sound mm-hmm. for you because you know they're determining how um, what the quality of your sound is it's not just your practice in the practice room and your preparation with whatever on ensemble you know I have a kid working with if it's build a band or a Sweetwater or a rock band camp or yeah. you know over college with Purdue Fort Wayne they're going to have some contemporary ensembles coming up but it's just you know the sound guy is in charge of that and responsible mm-hmm. and it's kind of a big responsibility because it's like being an accompanist in school if something goes wrong they point to the accompanist and if something goes wrong a lot of times people will, will blame the sound guy and it's like why don't we blame him for the good things too you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's such an engineering process credit, that you guys have you know besides thing. understanding all the equipment so vastly but the, the, the joke in my family was my um my family's car stereo background my grandfather was uh golden ears and my dad was silver ears but being able to have that ear to listen and hear things in the balance and yeah. make tweaks mm-hmm. so i have a lot of respect it's cool i have a lot of respect too just from doing this podcast and then trying to help alicia set up sound for some of these events like this is not easy this there's a lot of moving parts here yeah, <laughs> yeah and our parts are very basic what we require and it's like every so. time you buy a new piece of equipment like a, a new do? microphone or something and it's like mm-hmm. oh wait nothing
everything's working now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot that goes into it that people, I think, just, you know, they don't realize. But that's kind of why, you know, like, there's seven of us. You know, sure. we have we have job security because we have to do all these things. And there's, you know, the, those are the things that people either don't want to think about or they don't even know that there are things to think about. You know what yeah. I mean? Until they're not working. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's, so that's, if everything's going well, then you're going to get taken for granted. <laughs> that's right. not a very strong incentive. <laughs> right. But, you know, things either break or you know the, my air quotes you can't see those or if things are unexpectedly not working we get these calls that are like oh my god nothing is working and then, like we go in there and it's like oh you didn't turn this on <laughs> but, but i mean you know that's just the, you know we're, we're programmed to think that way and we, yeah. we know how to troubleshoot these systems and we can't expect everybody to know how to do that so that's why we exist so, so my <laughs> next question though is what are, what are some of your biggest frustrations in this role and i've got to say like just people not understanding what goes into patience, the role has got to no. be a big part of it <laughs> patience is big i lose my patience a lot but trying i try not to ever lose my patience in front of a customer sure. or a client. yeah um Anybody who's ever dealt with clients and customers knows that struggle. Yeah. I'd say the biggest thing is trying to communicate with somebody who has a problem and they mm. don't know what they're talking about and so they can't express it correctly. And so it becomes really difficult to troubleshoot some things because you'll get a, a complaint like, oh, this is buzzing. Well, to me, a buzz could be like 500 things. Yeah. You know, mm. To you, a buzz might be the speaker humming or I'm not saying you specifically. But sure, yeah. You, Dennis. <laughs> I think that's this vent over <laughs> Right, you know, it could be HVAC, try to it could edit be some out. mechanical noise, like a projector malfunctioning, it could be the speaker has some kind of ground hum in it, or yeah. a cord, it could or, be something yeah. totally unrelated to the AV altogether, but we'll get a complaint like that, and usually we can't recreate it, and so then we have to try every scenario possible, and it can be time-consuming or frustrating because we can't find the problem, and so then we say, no problem found, sorry, and then they come back and somehow break it again, or... Some, doing something that's causing it or I don't know. Like you guys are doing something wrong which is causing this. So a lot of times it is right. user error, yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard, you can't just say that, you can't just say like, hey sorry you're doing it wrong, you have to kind of yeah. coddle almost. And... Nudge them in that direction. Yeah. Can... Without saying it. Without sure. saying it, yeah. Gosh, your so, people skills, man, I'm going to think about that. Yeah, so I a lot of times I'll try to educate instead of slap the wrists I'll say like, hey, the best way to do this might be to go about it this way, but I can only go so far because if they don't have the technological mindset then what i'm saying to them is probably meaningless anyway oh i'll tell somebody like when we do these events for i mean if we're not here and you guys aren't you know if we come to a venue like the miro center you guys take care of our sound but when we have to run live sound just for ourselves and we're an events band we do a lot of you know fundraisers and stuff if someone wants to use our microphone for announcements for example mm-hmm. I'd be like that is totally fine just make sure you don't step in front of the pa because they'll take the mic off the stand, and the first thing they do is go to step in front of the PA, and I'll, I'll say it to them. I mean, something that elementary, mm-hmm. and like 10 seconds later, they're walking out in front of the PA, and there's a scream, and I, and I like I just said, how, don't step in front of the PA. How about telling them there's a switch on the microphone, and they have to oh, turn God, it Oh, God, that was a great just, one, too. They just stand there and talking to it, like, oh, this thing Which isn't working, and then they set it down and start screaming. The air and the wind blowing. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what kind of wireless <laughs> mic you use, but um, the wireless that we have here can, can be locked Oh, which is a huge lifesaver for us because we run into that too. Or if we were to instruct somebody to, hey, you got to make sure you turn this on, they will not remember. Never. Yeah. 
And so they're suffering. They're nervous about the speech they're going to give. <laughs> so <laughs> so now that's a lot to ask. We turn them on and we lock okay. the microphone, and it doesn't matter what they do; they can't turn it off. And then I have full control, and so I can make sure that I'm going to have to get know. those specs from you later. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you might have to get a, a pricier microphone for that feature. But when I found out that those could do that, I was like, "That is such a lifesaver." <laughs> Instead of running across the hall. And... Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I sprint through that hall to, to <laughs> the stage to help somebody who can't figure it out. It's funny. So what are some of your favorite memories we'll switch to the other side here oh, man. reverse the valence i don't know if i can talk about some of them <laughs> we'll just talk about <laughs> no, it we'll I, go I back and edit it out i guess i don't have to, to say specifically where it happened but there was this one event um, that we had here and it's a religious group so scientologists yeah. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> nothing against scientologists no. i just mean like a, a like a good christian group like sure. they, they it's a christian group whatever that just to set up the the atmosphere that we're having at this event they're doing like mission work in a different country and he wanted mm. to do a facetime call with somebody Ooh. in that country so that they could give a testimony or whatever that'd be cool oh. yeah somehow he got the wrong number though <laughs> oh no and um it was an older gentleman. He was doing it from his iPad, and you could tell he kind of didn't really like get it. And um, oh man, this is so bad. Who did you, so who did you he, call? He kept calling this like child on accident, and we were doing like some test calls throughout the day. And and he told him like, okay, I don't know how this number keeps popping up, but don't call that one. Call this one. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. So he goes up, and now it's like event time. It's like this is the time for the call. Everybody's watching, and he calls the wrong number again. And this uh-huh. time, the little kid's dad, who's not so happy about him, this guy keep calling this his kid, comes on, and he's like this big, bearded, like angry dude. And he's just like, hey, you, you know, mf'er. You know, he's like just <laughs> profanity. Just oh. he's like, you need to stop calling my kid. And he's like, he thinks he's some sicko, like trying to. <laughs> oh trying no! To, yeah, which, which is not the case at all. But, no! Oh my gosh! You know, when, when some random stranger too. keeps. Yeah. This is both so, horrible and hilarious. It was like <laughs> it was probably you know it was me and one other guy working the event and we both just kind of looked at each other like oh my <laughs> God. and just we just go for the off button we just kill the whole thing because like oh man it was so. Did bad. they appreciate the humor at all or no? Um, I'm not so sure about that. I think he was really embarrassed. Oh, and, oh, oh and, man! You know he he. He didn't really necessarily like blame us, but he was just like, "Man, you guys said I just had to push this button, and it's like throw us under the bus, man." <laughs> uh, in, in our defense, we probably should have taken control of the call and initiated it and all that stuff. But yeah, he wanted to do learned. it, so sure, we, yeah. So we let him do it, and it's hard, like that, that balance of controlling the event planning versus you know what what the client is you're servicing, what they want responsibility for, and mm-hmm. um, helping them understand that you can help them more. Sometimes I bet that can get a little bit frustrating. It definitely can, especially yeah. when you know they some clients will ask you know what's what is your opinion on the best way to do this and then we'll kind of say like we think you should do it this way it'll make it the most seamless most professional looking but then they go against what we say and do whatever they say anyway and then you know most of the time it works out okay because the people on my team are pretty skilled so we can pretty much execute whatever we need to in any way we need to within the scope of what we have. Gosh, I bet you don't do any FaceTime calls anymore in your, in your live events. <laughs> Not without our control, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, we did one of those with Sweetwater once. My um, my late sister-in-law, who passed away five years ago from uh, complications to, due to leukemia, she had gotten a couple of different bone marrow transplants, which... I'm not saying that lightly because they're huge, each each one of those. But one of the times we did a fundraiser for her, we did a live call. This was a long time ago, too. So technology was different. And I just remember how, how difficult that was six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's tough. So It's still a little bit of a challenge. People watch a lot of TV. 
And so I think they have expectations of higher expectations of what technology can do sure. versus what it realistically can do. And so yeah. we do a lot of things with Skype here and we have it set up pretty well that we can broadcast high definition and we can bring in high definition and all that stuff. And usually it looks and sounds great, but sometimes the network lags or something like sure. that. And like the image becomes grainy and stuff like that. And then people think like, well, why does it look like that? Why, why doesn't it look like it does on you know, TV. the TV yeah. or the news? High def <laughs> digital cable. So, you know, there, there are things like that that happen sometimes, but we just kind of try to explain like, this is, you know, the best that we really can do right now. And with the technology that we have and the way that things are. We have some clients who like to, in those conference rooms I was telling you about at PRMC, mm -hmm. technically they're set up as self-service so that you can kind of just walk in and there's a little touch screen and you can decide like what you want to show on the screen, all that stuff. And then every computer in the... That's just like Panera. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is. It's like it's like self-order. Like, um, you know, you, you, want, you turn, go in there and you're like, okay, I want to see the computer. Boom, there it is. It's not always that easy. Sometimes things yeah. break. And, I've you know, been in some of these conference meetings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it doesn't usually go that smoothly. Yeah. So you have a tech support line then here? We do have a tech support line. Anything AV gets kicked to us, though, because that, that's why we're, yeah. So since we're so close, it's usually easy for us to just run over and, and, you know, fix it up for them real quick. But sometimes things really do break and we have to, like, totally tear the whole system down and, and build it back up. That's few and far between though but yeah the, you know sometimes they want to do stuff with skype over there and so they'll try to broadcast the meeting they're having in that room so that other people in mm -hmm. like warsaw or something can tune in and see what's going on and quality that they expect from that with nobody managing it is a little bit unrealistic sometimes so mm -hmm. they expect the quality of having a team of people sitting there and running it versus being in a room where it's self-service and there's nobody there they expect those that quality and so sometimes that gets frustrating to explain like you're in control here so you kind of have to know what you're doing sure they won't yeah. they kind of have to take some responsibility as an end user sounds like troubleshooting christmas every day so. <laughs> <laughs> so i have way more respect even more points brownie points here here and all this stuff this is cool though just switching gears let's talk about like the fort wayne music scene mm -hmm. and the fort wayne events scene mm -hmm. and where you see place like the Muro Center fitting in there and where you see kind of the, the type of acts that play here and how, how those interact with each other? That's an interesting question. So um, I think earlier I was sort of alluding that the, the grand hall here, the big room, is mm -hmm. not necessarily set up to be a performance hall. And so when you get, like the small scale bands are fine because you can control low volume stuff pretty easily, but when things get start to get really loud, that mm -hmm. room really loses control very quickly especially in certain areas of the frequency spectrum and so you know we don't get too large bands in here like um i think if like the fort wayne funk orchestra played in here they'd probably be way too loud because they're a huge band yeah but like something like what you guys brought to destiny rescue a couple weeks ago was like the perfect size quartet and, jazz know, quartet their, yeah their, pretty typical events combo from us yes yeah. which was fantastic and the volume level that they played at was super easy to manipulate and control which i love as far as like other groups potentially you know who, who'd be coming in I, i'm not really sure if i'm staying on track with your question or not to be honest we have this beautiful like conference hall or something and you do have like live musical acts coming in here so mm -hmm. you're supporting the local music scene i guess is what i'm kind of getting at i gotcha okay and, who are some of your favorites that's what i'd yeah, like to we know like talk a sidebar about here too and local favorites like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think actually, well, no, there have been non-locals that come in here. Honestly, whatever you guys provide here, whether it's your quartet or your orchestra or something like that, that has 
those are those groups are usually my favorites you guys are always like respectable on time and you play at a nice level mm-hmm. and you usually have a good music selection so it's fun to mix oh thanks other groups that i've had in town that i love uh west central quartet oh, yeah. there's a group called a night to remember john darnell's band yeah. yes we love um, them they're fantastic and they're super fun and easy to work with so i you know i really enjoy them jordan applegate's band uh used to be soul 35 now it's casual friday they're very very good so they're very fun to mix I guess one of the things I was thinking of is that you you have the brass rail, and that seems to me like that's the super creative, almost anything goes type of environment. You know, <laughs> let's throw some musicians together and make some noise. You as know. long as it's original. Yeah. And, we, and we have all kinds of other venues where people can perform. We have all the way up to the Philharmonic. But this is just an interesting kind of side area where you have very professional musicians, very talented and skilled musicians. But it's a it's a very different kind of venue for them because it's you're you're kind of providing the background music for these. Huge Huge fundraisers and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's just a different element of the music scene. That it's kind of interesting to see how it plays out and to see like some of the bands you named. I mean, that's those are the ones you'd think of because they're just really polished, really professional, and yes. really reliable. <laughs> they really understand another thing too. The groups that he just mentioned, the fact that it's a service job, mm-hmm. and there are musicians that understand that, and musicians that are creatives. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be creative within a service context, but it, when the ensemble does understand that it's a service job it makes your event much smoother because you're serving the event and you're serving the client and what they've asked you to do musically too not just what you want to do creatively yeah yeah it's it's nice when the musical acts don't make it about themselves yeah that's that's kind of the key to these kind of events anything corporate like that you kind of have to understand like you're not the focal point unless they specifically hired you to be the entertainment like you're advertised as like Mm -hmm. okay we're gonna do all this stuff and then for the next three hours it's like a dance party or something like sure. that, which we do have that sometimes. There's a group that brings in a salsa band from Chicago every oh, year, wow. and they're super fun to work with. Really loud, though. But mm-hmm. that's that's okay, because in that particular scenario, all they want to do is party and dance. Cool. And, and so they put out a big dance floor, and they're like, all right, let's go. Like, we, we've done all the all the corporate ask for money, all this stuff, and now they go and just party. And so they're, they're like, let, yeah. it, let it be loud. They actually ask me to turn it up constantly, and I'm Aww, like, I never cool. did this. <laughs> so... So that, that is pretty cool. Those are rare situations. Most of the time, it's, yeah. it's exactly what you said, where you, they just kind of have to like realize that they're there to provide an ambience. And a vibe. And a yeah. vibe. It's still, and, still a special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, when they musicians put their ego aside and just kind of realize, like, okay, we're here to help out this mm-hmm. group get their goal or whatever like that. Yeah, it's a lot nicer to, to work with people like that who share the wavelength. I was just noticing that about the groups that you mentioned because I know professionally that they're all stellar at that. Their leaders, especially their band leaders, who yeah. I have a lot of respect for. Definitely. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised. Uh, well, I, no, I wasn't surprised. It was, I recently had Jordan Applegate's band here, and he actually asked me, like, if you notice that the stage volume is getting too loud at any point, like, I know we're not here for main entertainment, so just let us know. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. So That's yeah, awesome. I get that sometimes, which is also cool. So what are you looking forward to? Any events coming up, or are there any ideas for future changes to the venue or anything like that? New bands about to form? No. <laughs> Uh, As far as the venue goes, we are anticipating some technological, is that the right, did I say that word right? Technological. (laughs) Added an extra ickle. Um, That's totally okay. (laughs) We'll we'll name the podcast Extra Ickle. (laughs) (laughs) This episode brought to you by... Yeah, that's no. not a bad band name. <laughs> Sounds like one too many guitar players. <laughs> that's hilarious. 
Uh, no, we are anticipating some technological... Like advancements? Are you adding new things? Yeah, yeah, sort of more like a reworking of sorts and just making sure that like Upgrade. everything that we have is good for what we're trying to do right now. Because the, I guess when the Miro Center started, they had like a totally different vision of operation than they do what it's doing today. It was sort of just supposed to be <clears throat> another one of those like almost self-service things where you come in and there's just a little like podium at the front you can like plug in your computer and control the room but then quickly they realize that's just not going to fly and so that's why they hired the av team and all that stuff so we started with whatever they put in for that av system and we've just sort of been slapping band-aids on it ever since and so it's kind of grown into this really big like Mm-hmm. AV monster, audiovisual monster that we're going to try to rein in and rework it so that it's maybe works a little better to suit our needs. And so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love getting into the technical aspects of things and yeah. just making everything jive. So it, it'll be cool to kind of like more or less rebuild everything from the ground like up. Streamline and, it. And you really get to put my hands into that situation. process. Yeah. yeah. So. That's really cool. Okay. So, That's all the questions I had. Did, did you have anything else, Alicia? Gosh, I don't know. And did you have anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't ask you about? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No, I think that's it. I just really appreciate your time. It's been fun to see you take this position and how things have changed the last few years since you've been here. So definitely, yeah. Congrats yeah, again. It was fun. It was interesting. We're lucky to have we you. Some stuff. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thank you. If you want to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can type in your email address in the box at the bottom if you're on one of the blog posts. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.